Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts, or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Gadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardawar. I'm Deputy Editor Sherlyn Lowe. This week, it's all about reviewing all of Apple's new devices, the iPhone 14, 14 Actual, Pro. all of them, literally. Actually, all of them, all and of all of them. them by one person, uh, namely Sherlyn Lowe. I'm so sorry, Sherlyn. <laughs> it's an Apple yeah. hell we all live in. I think it's, uh, it is funny, like sometimes Apple is like a, a very benevolent god sometimes, like here, here's the bounty of all our new gadgets. Now review them in five days. You have all the apples. You have all the apples. So Sherlyn has done a ton of work. We're going to talk about all that stuff. Um, Yeah. As usual, folks, if you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes. That's always super helpful. And you can drop us an email at podcast at Engadget.com. And uh, hey, we also do a live stream uh, Thursday mornings around 10 a.m. Eastern on the Engadget YouTube channel. Come join for that. And it's actually for this episode, if you're listening to the audio version, uh, if you come to the video, you'll see some live Q&A. Um, and you'll also see Sherlyn showing off these devices, too. So that's a fun thing. Come check it out. And before we get started, I just want to point out one thing. Uh, I believe we have fixed our Google Podcasts issue. We've gotten a lot of emails about that from folks. Uh, there was like some sort of security issue in the feed. Uh, our managing editor, Terrence O'Brien, figured out what was going on. I believe there was like a, something injected into the feed that we had to get rid of. And it seems to be working just fine right now. So you can go back to Google Podcasts. But you know what, folks? My my recommendation when people started talking about this was like, go to Pocket Cast. Go to, go to something else um, because they work better. They synchronize better across desktop and mobile. So, you know, check out other alternatives too. But hey, nice to have Google Podcasts back and working. All right, let's dive into all of the Apple stuff. Sherlyn, how are you feeling? Um, I have no feelings because yeah. I am not actually technically alive. I yeah, am a zombie. You're, you're right just now. dead. You're just like uh, your fingers are an animated. You're an animated corpse typing, and that's <laughs> the review. Sometimes, yes. uh, I tell you, sometimes I have that feeling too. After you've just been reviewing too long, or like you're working on a school paper too long, you close your eyes and you just you just type. You let it go, and what you let you go, let it go. Yeah. And I know you were karaokeing while you karaoke were karaoke. Helped, helped, <laughs> helped me with the process. We're like, mm-hmm. so I, I mean, uh, for everyone that's you know not not up to speed, we published something like four articles, two of which were full reviews, 
uh, on you know these last two days, meaning Wednesday and Thursday. So on Wednesday, the iPhone 14, iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max reviews went up. Um, I wrote something like 3,800 words for the iPhone 14 Pro review, and it got Alone? cut down. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. I, the, it got cut down to 3,400 in the edit <laughs> process. Uh-huh. But uh, that's if you know uh, our our editing process at all, you'll know that that means I fought very hard to keep the length in there because I felt like a lot of things had to be explained. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I mean, I got my way, I guess. But but you know, the thirty four hundred word long review. That's, that's, I think it's among your longest. And I also want to yeah. point out to people, by the way, like um, our editor in chief Dana Woman and I talked about all the Apple devices last week. Um, if you want the skinny on like specs and stuff, like you know, we go back and listen to that discussion. I, I want like Sherlin's top of mind takeaways after surviving these reviews. So, like, how are you feeling about these phones? First of all, Sherlin. Ah, I, 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 I want to, I want to switch to the iPhone 14 Pro. Yeah. Holy crap! It's uh, <laughs> I really like the 14 Pro. It's got, I mean, the dynamic island is is fancy. It's it's kind of it's it feels it's not gimmicky but it feels like it almost could be um and let, let's like explain a, quickly what it yeah. is right so the dynamic island mm-hmm. is apple's take on the screen cutout for your front camera it used to be a notch you can i guess say that it's no longer a notch because it doesn't extend from the top of the screen anymore it doesn't extend from sure. the top bezel anymore sure. but you, it's still <laughs> it's still pretty a much hole. the same size it's, it's it's pretty big it's a it feels this whole thing feels like apple making uh, lemonade out of lemons right it's like well we want a we want a pinhole camera of some kind but we got the freaking face ID sensor in there because we moved away from fingerprint sensors mm-hmm. and we don't want to follow all the Android people and put an under screen fingerprint sensor or something in there. So we're stuck. We're stuck with this big bump, uh, this big hole at the top of the thing. And I think at some point, some, maybe somebody was just like, hey, what, what if we do something around this? Our notifications have been a mess for years. Let's use this. It feels like um, that, that That seems like the thought process. So you're digging the dynamic island, Sherlin? So, well, mm-hmm. I mean, to... to no, I, I, I think it's great. I think it's nice. I like the aesthetic. I think it looks cleaner, like you said, than the notifications before. But to be clear, it's not all notifications that now kind of live in the dynamic island. But maybe over time, right, we'll see a better, cleaner interface. I like that it's a black space with white or light colored text on top of it. It's just better for visibility. Um, and I also like what love to say goodbye to that like translucent box that pops up you know uh when you have a notification and most of them now go over to the dynamic island which is great but what actually when i keep thinking about why do i want to go back to the 14 pro why do i keep picking it up as the phone i want to use i i don't know why this is the answer but it's in large part because of that always on display it's so strange to me that an always on display is the reason i want to switch over to a phone but Compared to Android's implementation, which has always been black and white, clock widget, and a row of status uh, status icons, you have the whole freaking screen. You have your full notifications. You have it's just all sitting there waiting for you. Every time I looked over at the iPhone 14 Pro these last few days, you know, it's felt like the phone is actually on and waiting for me, but it's not. And I can actually just tap it without 
accidentally triggering things, right? I think that's mm-hmm. I think that that's the experience I'm looking for because when when you have the screen look that way on an Android phone, it's there and responsive, so you can accidentally t- touch a thing and accidentally trigger something by like responding to a friend or liking a comment from the lock screen, mm-hmm. which I don't want to do. <laughs> you don't want to talk to your friends. I yeah. don't. I don't know. <laughs> Bye, friends. To, like, to be and to be, I think Apple's implementation here that we talked about last week. Um, it lowers the refresh rate down to like one hertz, down from like a typical, you know, promotion goes up to 120 hertz. So it really slows things down. It's almost like it, it seems to me like our dream of like color e ink, you know? It's yeah. like, yes. You look at your Kindle, it's always on, it's always ready. If you have an ad thing, like the ads will always be there. Um, it is nice to see that on a beautiful OLED screen like this. Yes. I don't, have you noticed a battery hit or anything because no. of it? No. Huh. <laughs> That's the thing. So much work. Apple has done so, so much work to to make sure this doesn't drain the battery, right? First of all, yes, one hertz is lower refresh rate. It pre-renders certain things that it knows are coming up in the animation. Like your clock is probably going to, you know, move from 301 to 302 in the next second or so. Um, it also uses a new LTPO screen um, that makes those graphics and colors look better. So, so it's it like very, it very low power screen technology, right? Right. Well, yeah. that, and also <laughs> it looks like a, so it looks, well, the LTPO thing is more to make it look like e-ink, color ink, like you said, right? But there's also a new uh, dedicated uh, display coprocessor. So you don't have to tap the CPU every time you need to change a notification on the AOD. And there's also um, a new power supply unit, low power supply unit for this itself. So I think it's just, it's just power and energy management. And it's done that very well. I mean, it's lasting me all day. I mean, sometimes I get pretty low. I, I will say, I mean, sometimes on an older phone, I'd get like closer to a, the next day with some juice, right? This right, one is more right. like, I'm still out at 3 a.m. I, re- I really should make sure I call the Uber first. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit more like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not, not a big, di- like not a big dip in battery. And I, again, we've had not much time to like fully thoroughly test these things. I think over time too, battery life will degrade. But for now, we're last, we're getting all day, you know? That's cool. That's cool. So I have, I've looked at a bunch of different reviews. I haven't played with these phones yet. Uh, I'm hearing like the Dynamic Island is a really nice in theory, but we're not seeing enough apps take use of it. Is that what you've noticed? Yeah. And that's exactly it, right? Like right now, anything that uses the call kit API, the now playing API, they both can live in the Dynamic Island. So Spotify for me is what- Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, usually, yeah. So, so just people don't have to change their code very much or at all, actually, to start using it. But um, things like the live sports scores or any well other apps that want to start a timer in the background, for example, they need to use the live activities API. And that will only be available later this year. And that is an iOS 16 thing where if they do that, there's also going to be a box at the bottom of the lock screen that shows, you know, your ongoing activity, your live sports scores, for example. So for now, yeah, not a lot of, there's not a lot that does stuff up there. We had a, like Apple provided a list of things that we could see and it's all like system notifications or like when you start a call or whatever that go up there. And it's, it's like a list of under two dozen. So, you know, we, we need more. It'll we feel better once there's more. It is nice to see notifications, I think, evolve over time on the iPhone and on mobile devices in general, right? I remember the original iPhone, wasn't it? It was just like a straight up, like, it took over your entire screen. You know, yeah. like, hey, 
new thing. Pay attention to me. Let's take over your entire screen. Yeah. Then it moved to the top of screen stuff, and then it got like a little more seamless and streamlined. And now between iOS 16 and the Dynamic Island, it seems like Apple's just like, hey, just we know you're tired of notifications. Just like put put them away. You know, like let's let's give you this little space to work with. I think that's pretty cool. Um, the other big thing about the iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max, it's that that camera, all the camera mm, upgrades. Like, mm-hmm, how are you feeling mm-hmm. about the 48 megapixel camera? Can you actually see a difference when you're taking beautiful shots? Man, it's so weird. This is the part of the review that was very much like, oh, what? If you squint, it's better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you know, if you squint, sometimes it's worse. Like, it's not great. It was like, whoa, what is happening? To the point where, like, I I mean, I had to ask Apple, I was like, am I doing something wrong? There's not a discernible difference. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so for the most part, the 48 megapixel sensor or the or when you take photos, the 48 megapixel stuff is quad binned. So you're actually getting 12 megapixel in, like uh, size files. But the the result of that binning is supposed to bring you cl- greater like clarity, stuff. brighter, brighter images. That is in something it's similar. I just want to point out like a lot of movies shoot in like 6K and even even like higher now and then like you know, boil it down to 4K or a even lot of, less. And, a lot of Android phones do yeah, that with yeah. 108 megapixel sensors and they're still oh, giving yeah, you 12 sure. megapixel yeah, yeah, images, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. the re- I mean, look, because on the Android side, they've done this sort of Tetra Nona bidding for a while. I mean, Samsung has been doing it for a very long time and Samsung's pictures are not that much better than the iPhone 13 Pro, right? Last year's one. I can, I, uh, I'm going to be like, okay, look, maybe bidding isn't the technology we all needed on a phone. Maybe maybe, maybe we, we don't need all these megapixels. Yeah. Right. So so maybe it's like less of like a, a an Apple only issue at this point and more of an industry wide, mm. not knowing what else to do with cameras and megapixels anymore thing. Where like, look. I, I get it in bright light that binning d- doesn't deliver like significantly better results, but in low light, it should. The thing is, the 14 Pro doesn't actually do like dramatically better than the 13 Pro in low light either, at least not so far. So um, if you're looking to, you know, that 48 megapixel sensor to bring you like drastic camera upgrades, I, I I think you know, and if that's the reason you're thinking about upgrading, maybe wait, maybe yeah. maybe this isn't it. It's funny how I feel like Apple dug its own grave a little here too. They're like, no, guys, all you need is 12 megapixel sensors, right? 12 megapixel sensors, uh, nice, good quality sensors, good lenses. Like, let's focus on that, and that's what they've done for all the iPhones, pretty much, you know. And meanwhile, Samsung and everybody else was going 50 megapixels, megapixels more, more, bigger numbers, 108. I, I was there at a Mobile World Congress when Nokia was like, hey, guys, we put 42 megapixels in a phone. Amazing. And that was like 2012. So we've been chasing this thing for a while. And I remember even talking to Nokia back then because I think pixel binning wasn't quite the thing. And I was just like, guys, the, these photos are huge. <laughs> Your phones yeah. don't have much storage. What are you doing with this? And they didn't have a real response to it. So... I think it made sense for Apple to focus on 12 megapixels for so long um, because it looks good for most of our photos. Yeah. And I feel I feel kind of bad, I guess, for phone manufacturers like like Samsung Pixel and Google and Apple because they're at the point where like every year someone expects them to do something much better with their new phone or or you know they've fallen on their face right but like i they've reached a point where the cameras are probably about as good mm-hmm. as they're going to be without mm-hmm. some like the last time i was wowed by a camera feature was when google did computational photography with night sight i guess astrophotography was interesting too but who kind of really thing. uses that how stuff, often you know how I mean? often do you do that yeah right how i mean i live in a city there's no night sky to look at <laughs> it's all just building light pollution 
Um, but but look, I I so I don't want to ding, and I don't actually ding them too hard on this because the cameras are good. Mm-hmm. Like that's to good. The point to I mean I. I, I actually enjoy a lot of things about the iPhone camera that have been there for a while now, the same way I like a lot of things about Google's cameras, right? I mean, Google's cameras are always going to be better at portrait mode, in my opinion, anyway. They're better at, like, fine-tuning and making your pictures look better after some processing. Whereas Apple is still not so great at picking out the subject and blurring out the background. It's still kind of, like, losing some petals of flowers. It's still losing some things because it doesn't have Google's, like, really good computational processing uh that happens after but i mean i love live photos that in the sense that like the fact that instagram supports the upload of live photos well right i think that apps make a bigger effort with iphones and so the iphone experience when it comes to sharing sometimes is actually better the straight photo quality they're all about the same honestly we, we've plateaued so much and yeah. so much tech and i feel like people just don't want to talk about that because you're going to have your fanboy arguments but it's, it's all good you get a, you get a new phone it's gonna it's gonna look nice uh my question to you uh did you use the ProRes 48 megapixel like actually getting a 48 megapixel picture mode right i did not personally do that yet uh but it is available for anyone that wants to and i'm gonna do that soon i just had to like pivot very quickly from the iphone 14 and 14 no, yeah, pro yeah. reviews you, to you the were watch. super busy <laughs> I, I, like, I can imagine people doing like landscape photos if you're like one thing i like to do in new york if i somehow end up at the top of a big building is like eh, get, get, get a nice shot over the entire city and if you get i would love to see the comparison between the pixel bend 12 megapixel and then yes. the the actual 48 megapixel raw There's, and see see what that looks like yeah. i'm i'm lucky that my review process is also informed by like my fellow reviewers who have been doing some different testing for me like right my priorities would be different from like say someone who's a photography nut that you know their priority would be that 48 megapixel testing and i've heard from them that yes like having that ability to shoot in pro raw, not pro res, right? Pro raw, pro raw, yeah. Pro raw, yeah. A uh, forty-eight megapixel in pro raw was was very nice for them, right? But then that's it's not my own testing. I'm not gonna like crib it and say it's mine. But the the thing that I did test was cinematic mode in four K. Uh, shot a video of a like cute little dog in a park uh, in cinematic four K. Phone the phone didn't run too hot, and I shot for almost like a minute uh file size obviously is gonna be huge i'm gonna delete that thing um and you know it it was great 30 that's fps cool. that's cool 4K. and to, to remind people cinematic mode is so sort of like it is sort of like portrait photos except for videos like being able to seamlessly uh change focus levels and stuff i really was intrigued by it last year and then the the like little subtext uh was like this is only available in 1080p um mm-hmm. like uh, apple didn't really say that out loud we were like oh look at the magic of all this autofocusing 1080p 1080p yeah. only now it's 4k <laughs> you can shoot movies with this thing except only mm-hmm. in 1080p it's good for blu-ray um i i try especially when i take photos videos of my kids like i want i want the 4k i want the like stuff that has the highest resolution that will last much longer like in 10 20 years i'd rather have a 4k file and like all that data rather than 1080 and who knows what's happening so good i'm glad to hear that can we pause a moment and be like for me it's it's so strange to hear you say kids in the plural now i know that you just came back from paternity but like congrats again thank you i know but like yeah just just like oh he's a dad of kids yeah anyway it's uh i'm i'm barely we're all barely holding on every pandemic parent is barely holding on right Mm now oh Um, i'm not one but you're you're not one but Mm -hmm. it's uh you know i'm a parent to four four iphones yeah all your all your devices all my babies there there is that new other mode the action mode did you try yeah Uh uh-huh I sure did. Uh, 
It was so much. Okay, it's fun testing it. Um, I made my friend. Uh, I've been doing a lot of this testing, like, and I've been trying to integrate it into my life. So a lot of my testing, you all will notice, and please forgive me, it's all very gym related. It's just that's where I've been spending my life. So uh, after class, we walked to a park, and I was like, "Friend, can you run up and down this path?" Uh, and I'll run after you <laughs> and we'll shoot movies of it. Just pretend and I'm chasing you like I'm a murderer. Yeah. Go. Yeah. And I was like, don't care about all these people staring at us. Just let me run after you with a giant <laughs> iPhone and, uh-huh, and, and, uh-huh. And, 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 you know, do stuff. And he's like, cool. So we did several different videos with the uh, action mode on and off. Uh, again, this is the story of Apple's cameras this year. The difference really isn't that great. Still, still. The base level, like the the product without the action mode, was already very good. Because their stabilization was already pretty their good. Their stabilization was so, nice. Like I yeah. literally, I was running after this guy with like a a, a little bag, a sa- like a satchel. <laughs> but how how were you like shaking or did were I? You, that's like, what good I'm trying to explain. Your hand. I yeah. was carrying a big like a crossbody sling bag with a lot of heavy. My DSLRs in there. My like seven phones were in there. So heavy. And as I was running, I was like just shaking against that thing. And I was running on gravel as well. So it's just like very bumpy. I wasn't still at all. Mm. The footage comes out. Yeah. Nice. I guess you, were, it, you weren't even pushing it because what Apple was showing in their videos was like, you're on a upstairs. mountain bike. You're running down rocks. You're like right. chasing somebody for real. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. exactly pushing. I wasn't like, I wanted to have him jump over a bench and I would jump <laughs> over the same bench Parkour. during. Yeah. But I, I was just having too many things on me mm-hmm. to feel <laughs> safe doing it. But but I mean, check out our video. And yeah, no, I think it's a good idea. I will go like push it further after this and. I don't know, do some mountain that's, climbing. It's, it, that's okay. interesting to me. I w- also, I haven't looked up the full, like, how does the resolution suffer and stuff? Because what Apple is doing is sort of like cropping the sensor. So there is more video information around the sensor so that it can stabilize it better, mm. which is something mm-hmm. I, I think some some actual some cameras, cameras do. and stuff yeah. already do. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. So uh, highlights of the 13 Pro and Pro Max. It seems like you like them at 14. Do you think these are upgrades from the 13 Pro? And 13 Pro Max. So, one more, sorry, mm-hmm. really quickly when sure. you said the thing about crop, uh, yes. when you said 48 crop, I, I was reminded the 48 megapixel sensor also enables this two times so called optical zoom level, where you, when you look at the interface now, it feels as if you have four lenses to choose from 0.5, 1, 2, and 3 are your zoom options. And the, the two is there not because there's an additional lens, but because Apple's using the information is getting from the 48 megapixel sensor to provide zoom at like 12 megapixel quality, basically, but using the 48 megapixel sensor. Oh, that's that, cool. like, If you understand what I'm mm-hmm. trying to explain. I s- yeah. Okay. So the 3X zoom is still there. I, I thought, okay. Yes. When, when yeah. Apple originally said it, it sounded like it was replacing the 2X zoom. So No. Or it was replacing, the, the 2X zoom was the, replacing 3X. Right. So that is really interesting. And something I don't think a lot of people realize is if you have an iPhone and you're like, you're dragging, you're pinching and zooming to like drag uh, between those zoom levels, unless you're at one of those specific levels, you are digitally cropping. Like you are digitally yeah. zooming yep. after a certain level. Yep. If you're at like 1.5x or 2.5x or something, that's bad. You don't want that. You want to be at the actual sensor quality. Uh, otherwise, you're you're losing information. So yeah. really cool. Really cool that there's so, an actual So the 2x, 2X now is, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. The 2x now is so-called sensor. It is sensor quality. And then 3x. And you can see there is a shift, right? Like whenever I switch from 2x to 3x, and if I'm looking in the viewfinder close, you can see like a slight sideway uh, vibration, like a shake in the scene that tells me it's changing lenses, actually. That's so, cool. Uh, but but to, to back to your question of like, what are the big takeaways of the 14 and Pro and Pro Max? 
I are they a very different from the 13 Pro Max? Yes, they are. I say that the addition of the AOD, which by the way is also tied to hardware, which is why you you know older phones and other phones can't get it. Um, that and the dynamic island and the SIMless, like we haven't even talked about the SIM card we, tray. We will talk about that. Yeah. We will talk about it in yeah. a little bit. That and then you add in the emergency SOS stuff that's coming in November. These are these are enough, I think, to like make it a big difference, mm-hmm, right? Like mm-hmm, so it's a big mm-hmm. change. Yeah, I mean, it actually uh, looks different from the iPhone 10 which is something we've been living oh, yeah. with since 2017. So I feel like that alone for some people will be but the yeah. last year, maybe worth an right. upgrade. Yeah. So, so up from the 13 Pro, I normally don't advise people to upgrade year over year. I think if you wait two years, that's typically the... I mean, I'm on a f- iPhone 12. That's been my primary for the longest time, and I've been fine. It's okay. But the 14 Pro... If you're switching from a 12 Pro, mm-hmm. also isn't that huge of a jump in terms of like camera and stuff? I mean, again, AOD, DI. But you get the promotion SIM. screen too, which the 12 Pro did. Yeah, have. the promotion yeah. is amazing. Go ahead and like upgrade if you want to change from that. The thing is, I personally, I mean, I personally, I have to use the 14 Pro because that, whatever. But personally, I would hold out for 15 because my gut tells me USB C. And if you're a person who's waiting yeah, for I'm, the right phone... You're going to wait a year for USB-C? I, I, no, you have all of them. It depends. No, it depends on your your needs, right? Like, if you're the sort of person that will upgrade every year anyway, then, like, fine. You should be on an year. upgrade program, to be clear. Like, you should not be buying phones every year. Yeah. You should be on one of your carrier things or Apple's upgrade program or something. That will save I mean, that would be yeah. better, but there are people who hold on to their phones forever. I know a lot of people who are iPhone 8, iPhone 10, iPhone 6 users. This I seems don't even like a, know if there's still support for this. If 6, you have an older iPhone, this seems like a better buy than last year's phone to me anyway. I think yeah. so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you want a phone that's going to last you a few more years. But but then again, like if you want a phone that's going to f- be like more future proof, USB-C is going to be more u- future proof. Like imagine I, I, when I, USB-C comes out <laughs> and like. the whole It's that meme of everybody in the future and flying cars. If if iPhones had USB-C, we'd be living in the future. I don't know. I don't know. Are you it's against like, USB-C? No, like, I'm, I just don't think it's like. I'm not going to tell people don't buy a new phone because of USB-C I'm, because I'm, it's just I'm another not, connector. You know? Right. But I'm not saying don't buy, but I'm saying like if you're the sort of person that's waiting already for like something to be worth changing to for me, if like, and I'm imagining this situation where if you bought the 14 pro and next year they came up with the 15 pro with USB-C and then you're like, can't upgrade anymore. Cause I just blew all my cash on last year's phone. I like, do. I don't know. That's, that's where my head is know. at. Uh, and USB-C will come. Well, yes. It could come, you know, next year because it's on a bunch of the iPads right. at this point. So, I just like from a consumer's perspective, it's just another cable. You're just changing your cable. I right? yeah. For me, I'm just sick of bringing another cable because we. I don't know. If we talked about this on the podcast yet. Of all the things I forgot to bring to the Apple event when I was like uh-huh. packing, I forgot a Lightning cable. I brought <laughs> one USB C cable because it will charge my MacBook, my laptop, my Android <laughs> phones. I forgot a freaking Lightning cable. Oh man, I feel like. When you go to the Apple campus, you should just be able to be I like, know, but then the irony of Tim going Cook, to an Apple event. Got a, yeah. got a, spare, got a spare cable right. for me? Just go up to Tim Cook and ask him that one well, question. Well, I mean, I was in part like not worried because I was like, ah, I'm going to get a yeah. bunch of iPhones yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to get a <laughs> Lightning 
cable, but there was like mm-hmm. one day there where I was like, hey, V, because Christopher Alaska was there. I was like, hey, V, do you, do you have a spare lightning cable or like a wireless charging thing? Like I mean, I, like, I don't know, especially with all your traveling. I'm not sure how you you should just have like one of the little things. The little, I actually like, do. Charging so, things, so, so I was fine. I have a little bag of cables in my go bag. Okay. My suitcase okay. is fine. But the, fine. the go, the, the, that bag had like a ratty old USB A to, to lightning mm-hmm. cable. It's so not slow. Great, but... It's slow. Not great. One thing I want to talk about, you brought up SIMless. So yes. all the new iPhones, including the 14, plane 14 are just all eSIM. I feel like when we initially saw that news, you were a little annoyed about it and I'm still annoyed about it. But now it sounds like you're thinking of it as a feature. What's up? So I don't like that they've done away with the SIM trick. Agreed. Right? Agreed. Like, yes, it's, it's, I feel premature. I feel it's premature. I think though. <laughs> so this is a line I got away with uh, somehow miraculously in my coverage. But uh, I have long felt that a SIMless world like a world with eSIM, a seamless world is a seamless world. Like you, <laughs> if it, like this, this first bubbled up when we were covering Windows on Snapdragon, where the part like, of the yeah, four appeal, or five years ago, like my right, God. long time, yeah. and and it's been talked about since before that. I just came across the notion and and started to adopt this idea back then, so four or five years ago, where like eSIM was going to be the way for Windows on Snapdragon for like you know all yeah. of that great stuff. And to be clear, so eSIM is the idea that instead of taking a little little SIM card and poking a hole. And hoping you're putting it on and don't drop it on the ground and lose your SIM card and be screwed. Uh, the idea that you could just hit a couple of buttons and like, you know, the the SIM access is digital. It's all just like there. You could just choose it from a little app, jump to a new carrier, choose a different plan. It should be seamless. At least that, those were the promises we saw back from Microsoft back in the day. Yeah. The idea was also that you could not only buy like, you know. You could not only use an eSIM without having to fiddle with a physical card. You could also buy buckets of data. Buckets of data. You could buy one gig of data like from a foreign carrier when you're roaming, for example, and not have to like sign up for a whole new line, register a new number, just buy buckets. It would be like going to an app store and just like, hey, just just give me some of that. Put it in my phone. I don't have to deal with anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that was what really appealed to me because then I I thought that if the entire world was on this, that would make everything so much easier but you know mm-hmm. where are we where are we we, we are he- here we are with the u.s iphone 14 models all without physical sim card slots whereas the rest of the world has them and then when you go travel when you travel sure you can like get your carrier to give you a foreign roaming plan they're expensive but not everyone does that like who wants to do that who some of us want to go buy a physical sim card from a local store yeah it's uh it it seems screwy. Like um, the thing that irks me the most in the world of technology is when you take away features and call that progress. Like my god, I just want to burn everything down when companies do this. And that's basically what Apple's doing cuz by taking away the physical SIM card, it's good for Apple. It makes it easier to manufacture. They don't have to like build a little hole into the case and make those little SIM trays and everything. It makes it easier, gives them more room for internal hardware. Yada yada. Great for Apple. Bad for consumers. Yeah. Bad yeah. for you travel. You're screwed. That's that's basically. For, I, yeah. And, and I think I look. I don't think this is a bad thing to do. I just think, like I said, this is premature. Like mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. ready yet. People look to Apple's point. Um, they've supported eSIM since the 10R, and they've had you know carrier activation or or eSIM activation is their primary method of activation when they sell new iPhones in stores now. So, okay, there has been adoption and there has been growth in adoption. They're just thinking that like, in my mind, and, and also in this eSIM setup process, there's a, a simple way to convert your existing physical SIM over to an eSIM. So it's convenient. You don't have to do much work. 
The problem is like to me. What about people who are not, you know, already on an eSIM? And what about people like, I mean, again, this is a very niche case, but people like me who have to switch back and forth between a physical yeah. SIM card we're, phone we're and a non. We're weirdos who have to do that. But anybody traveling, you travel right. once, like. Some of us have like physical SIM cards that are like one is for this other thing. And sure, we can use a dual SIM card tray. Some of us use dual SIM, sure. you know, phones. If you buy an iPhone in China, SIM. it has dual SIM card trays. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One is the eSIM registered with the US info. One is the foreign number info. What if some of some people have like du- double lives? <laughs> family in Spain, family in the US. Sure. And like sure. one of them has an eSIM card. I don't know. It's uh, I mean, it's screwy. Like to me, it's screwy. They did show off like I think you're we were looking at like, a, you know, some frames from the presentation. They they did they're showing off like some ways like oh eSIM could be easier to switch between carriers and something. I feel like by doing this, Apple is trying to force the carriers' hands right. because right. they have exactly. waited for years and years. Like guys, it's been five years yes, and exactly. you're not making any progress in eSIM, so we're just gonna we're gonna tell you your customers are hosed unless you build up your eSIM process. Right. Which is great but locally, should. but not great internationally, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, so that's why I think that's why they're starting with the U.S. I obviously don't think this is, like, going to happen internationally yet, but I think that's the grand plan, right? In the U.S., though, Apple is possibly the only phone maker that can force carriers' hands. And the carriers have needed to be forced for a long time. Because, again, like you and I have said, for five years at least now... Not only has Apple supported eSIM, but we were talking about that Windows on Snapdragon thing where Qualcomm and Microsoft both were like, yeah, yeah, eSIM is the way. And then me over here, like waiting for my dreams to come true, waiting on the train that never comes. Like it's because the carriers have too much other stuff on their plate, I guess. But look, I can rant all day about SIM, eSIM, and whether this is all premature, but I have to give credit to Apple. Like the setup process was very, very easy. It was painless. It I just went through it, and then they were like... Did it take your existing physical No, sim? so mine came with service, yeah, but so yeah. today is the 15th. So I can't really say how I know this just yet, but I know that um, uh, other people who have converted uh, their own SIM cards over to uh, the, the new eSIM method say it was breezy how? as well and that they had no problem. How, there's a, there's an interface. There's an interface where like if you have a phone number tied to your Apple ID and when you're setting up the phone, they ask you if you want to convert a ring over your number and convert it into an eSIM. And it all does that in the background. All you do is sit down and wait. That's that's interesting. Does it, so do you still need to have your SIM in your old phone to like do any of this or does it, none of that matter? Uh, so I don't know the details of that part of the product because I didn't convert my own SIM. But I have heard from the person that did this that it was just easy. So I'm I'm thinking you just like leave your SIM card in your other phone and do that. Yep. Uh, one thing I'll point out here. Yes, yes, yes. It is very nice that Apple can push carriers to be better. People are mentioning in the chat. And I just want to point out like the the sort of like um, insidious nature of this uh, potential mystery in the chat is mentioning that this is great for U.S. carriers because what are most consumers going to do? They're just going to be like, oh. The, the, my my text messages when I go to this foreign country says I should enable roaming and pay for exactly. extra roaming. I guess I'm going to pay for extra international exactly. roaming charges, which is, which is super I don't like expensive. It's, it's, it's awful. shady. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Shady. AF, like, okay. Yeah. Well, T-Mobile has. I'm a T-Mobile user. Disclaimer. T-Mobile has this like free sure. uh, 2G data when you travel. <laughs> free, thing, free 2G. Yeah, you can. <laughs> free two or three. You can text time, people like I. Yeah. I have been kidnapped in another country. Uh, it's sorry, like I don't have actual. SOS, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, no, I mean, it used to go even up to 4G, I think, in the early days when it was first introduced. It was like but HSPA plus, like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Now, it is, now it is more like 3 or 2. I can't mm-hmm, remember mm-hmm. because more and more people are using it, sure. I remember when um, T-Mobile announced it. That was like, such a cool thing. It was, it like, was. It was. That's why I switched. Go, yeah. I, I was... I was, I think, AT&T and then I switched. Anyway, so so T-Mobile has this feature already where you can... That's the only carrier that I think makes sense with this like roaming data pricing because everyone else is like, buy a travel pack, $15 a day. Screw $15 that. $15 for one gigabyte of data. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. You and I go to Taiwan and one of the first things we do is stop by the phone store and get a card for like maybe like five, five ten it's bucks, like $10, 15 bucks for unlimited for, data. like unlimited gigs. Just... Unlimited. Give me, what? Give me why are, and also, yeah. why don't we support local? Like, <laughs> that's a weird way to say it. But I want to buy something from the local store. Like, what if I'm only go- what if I'm going for six months and I need a SIM card for like I need a line for like six months and I don't want to pay fifteen dollars a day. So people are pointing out, and other folks in the chat have mentioned too. Like, there are roaming device. Like, there are like you could just get a little a little you know pocket Package. roaming device. Right. Like, oh, get, get a little spots? get a little hotspot. You know, put the SIM card in that. That'll be the thing, and all your device can connect to it. That is an option. It's an additional expense. It's another thing you have to charge. It's not like super seamless, but yes, that is. I think what iPhone 14 users will have to do. Um, certainly, pro users like yes, maybe like if we don't have another phone to stick that SIM into, or if you can't easily go eSIM to an international carrier, which you can't do. There are some startups out there. I saw one floating around that makes you pay a lot of money to basically go eSIM at a whole bunch of different countries. Um, until international carriers do that, you, you got to get a hotspot. Basically, yeah. basically, Apple is at once giving US users something while screwing them over, right? Like it's like, well, all of you in the US don't have SIM card trays. It's great because eSIM is the way, but screw you if you want to travel. Mm-hmm. Screw you if you want to travel. I mean, I, I want to point out something, and I've heard this from some people. I'm going to shout out to Jonathan Anderson. On our chat, who who's joking? Spend five thousand dollars on a trip in another country. Don't blink an eye. Spend fifteen dollars for data from your carrier. Unthinkable. It's it's not that simple because you you we use a lot of data. You 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 scroll through Instagram or TikTok for like ten or fifteen minutes. Boom. That's yeah. that's fifteen bucks gone. Like that. We don't we don't live in a world, or at least I think a lot of people are used to unlimited data and using their phones in a lot of different ways. Right. You know so. It's not great well, to go back. So our to our yeah. live stream producer Julio has a good question too, right? Like, what happens like to prepaid SIM cards, right? Because we're so far talking oh, about yeah. postpaid you, lines. You're screwed. What about yeah? What about someone who's visiting from abroad and you want to get them like a temporary line, or when you go abroad and you, like we've been saying so far, you get a temporary that's a, that, that is line. literally what we're talking about. So yeah, yeah. So you and and but but Julio's question is: Can carriers do the same thing and enable prepay eSIM packages? I I mean, that's the dream. Again, that was the kind of the world scenario that we were talking about. Where if if we were in that like every international carrier supports this, every U.S. carrier supports this, you can buy buckets of data in the without utopia. having. Yeah. Right. That beautiful world where you just open up like the Microsoft App Store or the iPhone, iTunes, whatever store they want to sell data through. And all you need to do is maybe tap into like a stand in cellular network for a while while you give your credit card information over and then you buy one gig of data and it's like five bucks, please, sir. And they give you the data and you're connected. So that's the dream. That's the dream. Right now. None of the carriers, I think, because I haven't gone through this process in the U.S. yet, none of the U.S. carriers have this interface to enable that yet because they don't know how to provision remotely prepaid data packages. So 
That's that's the you, answer. You guys have had decades, like or at least a decade, to like try I'm to a, figure I'm out. A, I this gotta problem. go talk to Verizon. It's this is this is just ridiculous. I'm pissed so. now. I'm like I'm walking up oh, to yeah, the store yeah. and be like, bring I, me your manager. <laughs> let me let me speak to Mr. Verizon. They're actually probably listening um, to this too. So who knows? Who knows? Um, let's let's move on because we we've been on this for a while. So yeah, iPhone sorry. 13 plain. I read your review. Plain Jane or 14, 14. plain plain Jane. Like not. Not much. Uh, not much. I'm so sad. Yeah, it's 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 just it's just not much. It's uh the again the camera changes are not h- huge. There's like the new 12 megapixel sensor is supposedly bigger with larger 1.9 micropixels. The the old sensor that was in the iPhone 13 Pro, I believe, like a lot of tech that was in the iPhone 13 Pro is just coming down to the 14. It seems okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so you're basically getting the 13 Pro's cameras. I haven't done that like side by side comparison to see like what the maybe the differences are. But yeah, no. This is the 6.1 inch basic iPhone 14. Uh, the big changes are like no eSIM. I mean, no SIM card tray again, right? The new front camera has autofocus, which unless you're doing a lot of video calls at more than arm's length. Uh, featuring more than just you, it's not going to make a huge change because I took a lot of different selfies and like in the selfies, it doesn't make a huge difference, oh, yeah. right? I even yeah, took, yeah, yeah. I had to ask for like, how do I test this best? Because I'm still not seeing a difference. And they like the suggestion was, um, oh, take a very close up selfie of your face. And I took one and I sent it for confirmation that this is what I should be doing, right? Then I took it the same selfie with the iPhone 13 base model, uh, excuse me, but the 13 delivered a clearer, cleaner picture. So I don't know. I know. Anyway, anyway. Sometimes things then, are weird yeah. with Apple. It's like uh, I, I tested the studio monitor, you know, a couple of months ago, and everyone was like, "What? This ca- this webcam sucks. What are you doing with your camera processing, Apple? It does seem like sometimes things are like they're letting some things slip. I, I, yeah. I yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, the iPhone 14 also gets you all the like uh, new stuff like emergency SOS via satellite, which I saw, by the way, in a private demo um, at the Apple event. Uh, we can talk Did more about that. Did they take you to the top of a mountain to test that? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. They took us to the top of a little slope, uh, <laughs> not a mountain. Uh, and then and then we, you know, took some little iPhone 14s and waited for satellites to come over and follow the on-screen instructions to connect to one and send our little location over Find My to some I, I could see room. Apple just really, just to really sell this, they could do the, uh, what, what are those wild shows where people are just like thrown into the naked middle of Naked and afraid. N- naked and afraid. Just <laughs> naked and afraid. I don't know iPhone why that's 14 the one I went edition. for. <laughs> that's the yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. You have nothing else but a satellite-equipped iPhone to get help. <laughs> oh, man. Will you survive? Um my thing so okay iphone plane for, for uh, iphone 14 seems fine seems like just another iphone yeah, last year's it, iphone yeah. 13 also yeah seems fine yeah seems yeah. like just another iphone yeah and this year uh-huh. i do feel like the pro is all of a sudden like oh all the cool stuff is on the pro you've got the better processor the bigger camera all these new features um you've got like you've got the new the whole new design with the dynamic island do you think apple just wants more people to get the pro like that's better for apple right yeah i don't know what they're thinking they right? they want to like, raise average what what's the average revenue you know per per unit they want right. to raise right so that's why right yeah. are you arpu arpu so but that's the reason like i don't think that that's the reason necessarily but if you it's think about it it's a nice outcome to yeah. your point mm-hmm. Yeah, the Pro starts at $999. They're like, here, we're throwing you a $799 phone, so $800 phone, uh, and we got rid of the $699 one. Uh, 
But here, here it is, and it's the same as the last two years. I don't think that they're as nefarious as like deliberately thinking that, and they are still selling the twelve and the thirteen for like seven hundred dollars in the in the place of the iPhone Mini. Buy buy refurb those phones, people. Like if you really want to say, buy yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, my my thing is Tim Cook is a what he is a supply chain guy. He he was the operations guy, right? Like he was the guy in charge of like dealing with a lot of them, like manufacturing processes and stuff. So it was like. I'm sure somebody looking at all of Apple's stuff is like, if we just reuse last year's hardware and just like, you know, just just repackaged it a little bit. Um. Oh my lord! <laughs> there is a meme on our live stream oh, right now. No. Let's explain the meme. Dev, you do it. It is um guy guy looking back at another girl while while, while his girlfriend looks on in horror. Um, Shirlin is the guy. USB C is the new girl. iPhone 14 Pro is the old girl. I don't. I guess it works. I guess it works. I just like to see Sherlin thrown into memes. So, so to your point about, I mean, the the phones being identical and it being a, like a supply chain goosing technique it's, or, it, or you, strategy. The hardware is cheaper to make, so it is. Yes, it of is course, both the cheaper. case is yeah. identical. Uh-huh. I look. I, I mean, I said in my uh, um, review that the iPhone thir- fourteen is very identical, basically identical to the iPhone thirteen, which is basically it was the iPhone twelve. I think this happens, yes, for the reasons that we discussed just now that like maybe they want people to buy the bigger phone or the more expensive phone. Um, but it also is probably, you know, part of the reason people don't upgrade their phones that much, right? Like, again, I live in this space where like upgrading every year seems like the norm, but it really sure. isn't. It's, it's I mean, I'm I, I bought my wife an like iPhone not. 12 a couple years ago and she has no reason to upgrade. You know, no, and I feel like unless she wants the pro, oh, she doesn't. So that that's yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, look, that's who it's for. It's for everybody. Else. I yeah. want to yell. Like, I think I wrote this line in the review for the iPhone 14. I am upset that Apple still has a 60 hertz screen on this thing. Yeah, what? What? Every time. <laughs> so like my review, I had to review three phones at the same time, and every time I had to switch back from the pro to the 14, I was like. Ugh, the Ooh, screen. I don't want to scroll. My, my on eyes. It. Avert your Ugh. eyes. That that is one of the, more so than USB C. That is a thing I would yeah. be telling people. Like, you know, if you if you care at all about like the health of your eyes too, and just things looking nicer, it is worth investing in that. So I think for like a, a geekier person may notice. Maybe normal folks don't, but it is one of those things. Like once you have it, it's it's good, and you may not know why it's good, but all of a sudden your eyes are less tired as you're doom scrolling. Or as you're like going through your Instagram feeds, like it's it's just easier on your eyes because everything is smoother. I agree. They they should have put that in. I, I do feel like this year we clearly saw Apple want to put a huge like a gulf between the 14 Pro and the 14. Like that that's ultimately it. Like so many reasons to upgrade. Even last year the 13 Pro, it, it got the promotion screen right, but it wasn't. It ran the same processor as the 13. It was slightly faster. Had one extra GPU right. core. But even the iPhone 14 Mini or a 13 mini, there's no 14 mini, but the 13 mini had the same processor as right, the Pro. Exactly. And right, the and that's part so. of the gulf that you described, right? Like the the Pros also use the A16 Bionic, whereas the regular standard model and the Plus use the A15 Bionic, which not to ding it, it's, good, it's, good, it's a good, good chip, chip, but it was last year's chip. It was, it was the version that was on the Pro, not the plain iPhone 13, but still, still. I, I, I think we're in a weird spot. Uh, let's yeah. quickly go to... Apple watches, you know, um, well, one thing I also want to mention too, okay, we're all Apple focused. Is there anything else? Should people like hold off a bit? Are we waiting for more from Samsung, more from other companies that could so, be dropping this fall? Maybe the, the new pixel, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and on October 6th, Google will be announcing or fully unveiling the new pixel seven and seven pro. 
And I, I mean, I, I don't know that people are choosing either the 14 Pro or the Pixel 7, right? That's not necessarily the decision, but, you, it, but I would be excited If you know, you know. If you, if you are that person, exactly. you know. Maybe it's worth waiting. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But, but you know, we in the industry probably are waiting before we, like, give, give the iPhone 14 Pro, like, a, a crown. You know what I mean? Like, before uh, we are know. like, oh, this is the best one. Yeah, no. I'm curious to see what, what Google wants to do with this camera stuff, right? Because Google has always led the way there. With, with a single camera, though, right? So it's like, or is it, do they have multiples now? They have multiples. They have, oh, yeah. the, seven, the six Pro has, well, I want to say three or four. Right, 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 right. Um, but but it's been they've been they've been multiple for a while now. But even in the past, when they only had single, Google was doing great, right? So, I given their history in camera processing and technology, I I can't wait to see what Google does. Um, so so there's that. And then my my final thought is a lot of people ask me, am I going to give up? my Pixel 6 Pro for the iPhone 14 Pro. Like, what mm. am I meaning now? Because remember when we talked about the Flip 4 and I was like, I want to I want to trade that. Um, it's been tough. Uh, been tough. I there, definitely... There's no... Are we hearing about satellite stuff on the new Pixel? Like, there, Not yet. No, things. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that it doesn't do. The Pixels don't do. But the Pixel... So here's the thing. I keep thinking, yeah, I'm going to quit the Pixel and go over to the iPhone 14 Pro now because the camera performance is about the same. And I've always said the cameras are what kept me to the Pixel you know, family, but I realized that it's not that easy because for so long I've been using the, uh, pixels for the, for the cameras, right. That my Google photo library is, is just where I go to look for my best pictures. Now sure. I'm just so used but to going But you can there. get that app on iPhone. I can get that. Yeah. I have the app on iPhone. It's just more like the, the, it's not as locally saved, etc. I mean, it's whatever. And there's other things about pixel UI that I really like. It's, it's also the, um, I mean, I don't really use Magic Eraser so much, but it's there. I like the portrait mode better still on Pixels. So I don't know. I Am I still going to main two of them? And from now till October, probably, right? And then after that, I, I'll see what the Pixel 7 does, and then I'll have to reassess everything. But I am very tempted okay. to, to... Real quick to before quit. we move on to the Apple Watches, what about the flip in the fold? Like, are those... Now that you see the new iPhones, the new Flip and the new you know Galaxy Folds are out. Like, yeah. are they at all competitive, or are they just like something else entirely? I there's something else entirely. I mean, I didn't review the Fold for us. I reviewed the Flip. The Flip I still really like, but I I've let it die. I've let it not recharge for that's your sign. Weeks and months now. That's yeah. your sign. It's, it's the plant you there. haven't watered. It's it's just dead on the vine. It's so sad. It's so sad. I, uh, and maybe yeah. because I'm it's so busy. Yeah, right, you're that busy. I haven't you have a lot of stuff. To, yeah. if, you, if that was your only phone, you'd be like, "Oh, this is cool. I could just flip this phone over." Uh, open the battery life still isn't. Day. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. We're give me some time till like at the end of October when everything is kind of done and dusted, and we'll revisit this. I think that's yeah. a good okay. time to talk about. All it right, again. we shall see. Let's pencil that in. I quickly want to talk about the Apple Watch SE and the Series Eight, which you're also reviewing and playing with, and you are more excited about the SE, which honestly. I am too. Let's explain yeah. why. It is basically the Series 7 or Series 8, which is a $400 watch. It basically offers all the same things for like $250. That's not, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. If you recall last year, uh, Apple, you know, not last year, the last model of the Watch SE started at $279, mm -hmm. so $280. With that's old, 30, old, old processor. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's $30 more. And this year you're getting a price reduction. You're getting a new system and chip. You're getting uh, the same processor, SIP, the same SOP. That's same on as the Series yeah. 8. Uh -huh. Exactly. Same as the Series 8. And then you get a slightly bigger screen than on the older SE. You're getting but I mean, cra it's still crash and fall detection too, I believe. Like all, yeah. all that fun stuff. Yeah. 
And then you're not what you're not getting are things like the skin temperature sensor for like that's currently being used for ovulation tracking. So I guess if you don't ovulate or have cycles, you might not really need that just yet. It, it can't even the skin temperature sensing thing. That's you can't really use it ad hoc either. Um, it's it's something that happens in the background for Apple to retroactively like confirm if you've ovulated. But um, yeah, though it often all that it has doesn't have an always on display. The Watch SE doesn't have an always on display. But all that means for me is that like oh I always have wrist. to lift up my yeah, wrist yeah or tap it. which. Yeah. Uh, that's how I look at my time most of the time anyway. I'm not like a place my watch on the nightstand kind of a person. So I like I have a night, nightstand clock for that. Um, so I'm not I'm not missing out on that. So I really don't think it's a big difference in terms of what it how it functions. And it's $150 cheaper. Kind of great. Uh, I think like this is the Apple Watch you'd get, you know, your your teenagers or like your younger kids oh, or or yourself, or yourself, like anybody too. Um, the Series 8. It, it really is just the skin temperature sensor, right? Like that's the main, the main difference the main then in difference. crash detection. And slightly better yeah. screen too. I think like there's less bezel around the screen compared to the SE. So, you know. Compared to the SE. Yeah. I mean, compared to the SE, the watch series eight also charges faster, just like the series seven did. And the, um, I mean, there's a, a bunch of other features like the ECG reader and the blood oxygen reader are like missing. I from do. The SE. I do like the ECG reader. Like that is a nice thing to have. Like just, for for anybody who's slightly hypochondriac out there, it's like, why is my, my heart rate moving fast or something? Like, it is helpful. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You still get a heart rate reader, don't get me wrong, on the Watch SE uh, 2022. But, eh, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's not a big deal for most people. Like, I think most younger people probably, maybe, right? They are not as worried about their, like, health issues yet. <laughs> I remember when I was young and I didn't give a crap about <laughs> yeah. my well-being. Yeah. Like, oh, I can eat all the stuff. Anyway, that's, I'm deviating. Yeah. Um, a lot of other new features that um, the Watch SE brought are WatchOS 9 features, right? And you will still get those. So low power mode, some new watch faces, the lunar. I want to talk a little bit about the new lunar watch face, which puts like a lunar calendar on your on your I like screen. That. And it's, it looks cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, it tells you that, like, it tells the date in, for me, when I picked the Chinese version, it tells the date in Mandarin. And it says, when I looked at it, it was like, 八月十三 or something. And in Chinese, there's this saying, 八月十五 is the mid-autumn festival. And I, like, looked at it, I was like, wait, that sounds familiar. And I go, oh, my God, that means mid-autumn festival is coming up. And that's how I remember it. Like, it was recently the mid-autumn festivals where we eat mooncakes and, like, play with lanterns and guest riddles and shit. Um, so so that was really cool. Like, I didn't even realize that 八月十五 was a lunar calendar thing. I just thought that that's what we called it, but it never <laughs> registered that, like, it happens in September. Um, so that was that was actually really cool use of, like, the lunar calendar watch face for me. Um, so, so you're liking yeah. you're liking both of these, but you like the SE more. I feel like that's so. The that's other thing yeah. is, I I I have the SE in the forty millimeter size, and I usually usually Apple PR is pretty good about sending me the right size. I don't need to specify, but this time they they sent me the larger, the forty five millimeter version of the of the Series Eight, which therefore just trips me up a bit when I'm comparing them because they're not equivalent comparisons, um, and also. <sighs> more well less comfortable to wear to sleep right a bigger watch your, it doesn't yeah. it overwhelms my wrist the i don't even feel as comfortable in daily wear yeah yeah then i'd attract sleep with this giant thing <laughs> it's like now. a weighted Thanks. blanket for you 
basically. Worse, because a weighted blanket is comfortable. It's like comforting. This thing Just is like a weighted blanket for my wrist. Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of my body is like floating or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like so it, it is one of those things too. Like if you need the features of the Series 8, then totally makes sense. If you just want to dabble in the Apple Watch, I'm seeing people in the chat room being like, should I get an Apple Watch? Maybe just get yeah. the SE. Get the SE. SE see how much good. you actually use it. And one yeah. thing I like to do is I've passed down a few Apple Watches to other folks who have iPhones who have like probably wouldn't pay for it, but they would use it if they got an Apple Watch. So, that, you know, for that price, that's something you could easily use for a year or so and hand off and upgrade if you're still digging it. Uh, so, you know, that's the main thing. Anything else you want to mention about the watches, Sherlyn? Because I think it's time to move on to show and tell. I Yeah, no, the, the last thing I'll say is I do not have the Watch Ultra. Yep. Uh, I don't think anybody and, has the Watch Ultra yet, right? Yeah, so. as far as I know, nobody has the Watch Ultra. You never know. Maybe there's somebody who's going to surprise me one day. But the Watch Ultra is absolutely the watch that I want to oh, sure. uh, test out. And people have been asking me, are you going to go out in the wilderness? Obviously. Yeah. We are sketching lost. a plan. Like, I just want to leave Sherlyn in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to be like in the, in the How I Met Your Mother, like Robin's dad just like drops her in the middle of the woods and, <laughs> with wolves. Deep pull. And yeah, I'm like, Deep yes, pull. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we will, we're looking forward to the Apple Watch Ultra stuff. Um, let's move on to some other news. Related to all of this Apple news, iOS 16 is out. So that's fun. Go, go check that out. We've talked about it a little before. This is iOS with uh, widgets on the main screen. Um, a lot of changes. I think the Messages app in particular, being able to go back and edit a message, an iMessage, um, is is pretty great. I've already used it many times. Uh, are you digging iOS 16, Sherlyn? I really like it. There's a lot of features that I I thought I would use more, like the, um, like you said, edit, send, or undo, send. Uh, but... It's the sticker maker that I use the most. I think all of my friends and I are having the most fun. Expl- explain, because this is a hidden feature. And I don't think people quite know that you can do this in iOS 16. So in our coverage of the iOS 16 beta, this is basically what I've spent the most time with as well. It is the visual lookup feature. And uh, you basically, when you open a photo that was, you don't even, it doesn't even have to be ha- uh, shot in portrait mm-hmm, mode mm-hmm. or have been it shot on It just has to be saved phone. on your phone. It has to be saved. It just has to be saved locally. And then when you long press on a subject in the photos app, uh, the phone will recognize where the outline of the subject is and then kind of cut it out and turn it into a sticker. That's great. Isn't that great? That's great. You, you yeah. could copy it. It's you could so paste it into another app. I, I've been like pasting people into chats and stuff. But also you could take an just an object, right? You could take an object. And I think you can even like visually search that object too in the Google app. Like there, yeah. there are a whole bunch of it's, things. It's a visual do. lookup yeah. feature, yeah. yeah. Uh, that is super cool. And I feel like it hasn't been talked about very much. So there's that. It also looks nicer. I like the way notifications work in iOS 16 because they're all about like... T- get these notifications away. It's kind of how I deal with uh, my inbox. You know, I never clear my inbox. I always have email. We all always have email. You will always inbox have zero notifications. Is, uh, is an impossible Right, dream, so yes. hide them. And then, you know, when it appropriate, uh, you can like tap and like see what's going on. And even then when you're looking at all the notifications, like I feel like they're more organized and make more sense now. So I dig it. iOS 16 is good. Go get it, people. The new lock screens are also are really good. And Julio, our live stream producer, said that he super digs the ability to do that now, yeah, you can edit them. You can add widgets to the lock screen, like you said, uh, Def, just now. But you can also tie them to a focus mode now. So when you switch lock screens, you switch your focus mode as well. That's cool. That's cool. One one story, like just moving on to something that is very weird and kind of serious compared to everything else we've been talking about. There was a, something happened at Northeastern University this week. Uh, they were targeted by an anti-VR bomber, which is just... 
very weird. Like I saw the news coming around. Everybody was saying there was a suspicious package at Northeastern University. I, I believe like it detonated and hurt the person who had opened it, but it wasn't like widespread damage. But then the follow-up coverage was it was targeted specifically at their VR lab in uh, their virtual reality lab in Holmes Hall. Um, and there was a rambling note that was talking about that was slamming Mark Zuckerberg um, and the links between academia and VR developers. Just a really weird story. Um, but I also I wanted to mention it because it does bring to mind like I, I grew up with stories of the Unabomber. Like the Unabomber was in the news when I was a kid. And that may just be like this weird, like little cultural uh, you know, tidbit that some people may have heard about. The Unabomber had like a huge like anti-tech manifesto which i think also going back and looking at like a lot of things he said uh i'm not gonna say the unabomber was right but i'm gonna say like there are some things he he was afraid of when it comes to the internet and like how technology would consume us that i, I don't know we're, we're kind of close to coming true so this is a very strange story we're gonna be hearing more about it i'm sure and i hope we don't see repeat incidents of this i don't were, were you did you have any thoughts on the Sherlin like when you saw this story because i was just like i did not I, see this story. i was hoping it was not another in mass shooting like that's all i was hoping like that just give me yeah, that that's Mm-hmm. It's good that it wasn't a mass shooting. I, I, this is I'm hearing all the stories that we're going to be talking about in this section coming up for the first time because I have been doing nothing but Apple. Um, and no, yeah, I mean, it's a very niche grudge to have, I guess, and and quite extreme. And that's like my main takeaway. Mm-hmm. I do feel like as we're stepping into a whole new territory, like it is a very natural reaction to a lot of this new tech is fear, you know, like, and that's what was happening in the 90s. And that's happened over history. So I do wonder like how people are going to react to a lot of things we're seeing. We're talking about crypto. We're talking about AI and things getting smarter and smarter. We're talking about robots making art. Um, I just saw an AI art thing that is essentially creating video clips, you know, using text strings, not just like an image, but like an entire video clip, an entire like things are getting weird. People are getting, you know, very reactive and it's just very strange. So we're going to be keeping an eye on the story and reporting on more things that are happening, but just wanted to shout it out because it's very weird. Um, In other news, uh, the period tracker app Flow is launching in an anonymous mode on iOS, and uh, that's going to be coming to Android soon. This is in response to, I think, a lot of the discussion around privacy um, after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. So we were... We've been talking about it. Other people have been talking about like the the sort of like data that these period tracking apps and other health apps could have. A lot of people were saying like, hey, this is that's kind of like not the just the big thing you have to worry about. But I do think extra privacy features, more focus on privacy. That's a good thing for everybody, like no matter the motivation. Any any particular thoughts on that, Sherlyn? I just feel like I think some other apps have already done this, right? I think Clue already launched. I think it. this is um, the biggest one, right? Or Flow Flow is like notable for many reasons, but I'm yeah. Flow yeah. yeah, Flow is notable. It's not the biggest in terms of downloads anyway, but it is up there in terms of like it's it's got a good name, so everyone's like the the, the brand is it sticks out, right? Um, but it's it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's time. Do we do we trust these companies when they say like, hey, we we are adding an anonymous mode? Don't worry. So for the ones that have come out and said that they are doing these things, I trust them a little bit more, right? But it's the vast majority of the other apps in the store that have very shady privacy policies that I've I've looked into all of them. And uh, the top, out of at least the top 20, only maybe three or four are anyway, like, good about handling your privacy. So, 
you know, be careful. Read privacy policies when you can for for things like that. Anyway, I mean, another another reason we should have a bigger push for more readable privacy policies too. Oh like yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Most of them are unreadable. The ones that I all read, like mm-hmm. this, this is why this project was like really hard to do, is because I had to read like twenty really <laughs> shitty privacy policies. Like three of them were easy to read, and the rest of them were awful and it's legalese. Because they're they're so, they yeah. they are not required to make them understandable. So that is something I hope we deal with. Uh, one other quick story I want to shout out. Hey, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 is, is coming and it has a new title. It's called Tears of the Kingdom. It's going to be launching on Switch on May 12th, 2023. We have a date. We have a new title. Uh, we have a short bit of like a gameplay preview too. Uh, Link in the Sky. Lots of verticality. Lots of things happening here. I am super excited about this. Uh, I know you got your Switch, Sherlin. Did you ever play Breath of the Wild? I feel like you'd like it. I feel like it's it's not a hardcore like a RPG or anything, but also there's cooking. There, there, there's like fun stuff. In I hear there. a lot of things about Link and yeah, and Zelda <laughs> in general. So you don't trust sure. that Link. I don't know. I, I will see. It's, it's more that like I have other things on my list. Also, I not, I'm not in the right frame mm-hmm, of mind to consider mm-hmm. like any free time stuff right now. Yeah, free time stuff. I mean, free time is a concept that I'm foreign. Certainly, next next time you want to block off an hour or two for cooking, Mama, uh, consider consider going on a grand I didn't adventure. Even, can you imagine? I didn't even play a game on this review. Like I was just like, well, all I did was like play royal match. Yeah, I just couldn't. I have no time to idle. Just want to say this, this trailer looks really cool. Uh, also, we're all saying it's called Tears of the Kingdom because tears have been a thing in other Zelda games. They're I think in um was it skyward sword you were collecting tears at some point i never even finished that game but also it could be tears of the kingdom so we have not i don't think we've heard official pronunciation it does seem like this is a game that could easily like uh inhabit different timelines and different like eras of zelda-ness so i am very excited and honestly i feel like i i did the dumb thing and i bought the switch oled which i didn't need to do at all but i i like the oled and i wanted you know my zeldas and my marios to look the best i feel like i'm just gonna replay breath of the wild now like that that's a good chill game especially after the hellscape of the world right now and all the work we have to deal with like guys go go relax go play some breath of the wild let's move on to what we're working on and uh, i just want to shout out i have a review of steel series arena nine surround sound pc speakers coming up uh on friday i guess as you're hearing this uh it is weird. It is really weird to see a modern, you know, audio company releasing PC speakers because these things have basically disappeared. Um, they used to be a big deal. Uh, certainly surround sound speakers used to be a big deal. In 2003, Logitech released like a legendary surround sound system called the Z680. I owned it. Everybody, like all the PC nerds I knew owned it. I used that thing. I used those speakers for like over a decade. And Logitech was just like pioneering that. The last, Logitech is still like the last company, I think, that has a self-contained surround sound setup. It was released originally, it was released in 2013. You know, so nobody is focusing on this. It is really cool to see Serial Series doing it. I mostly like this thing. Um, I wish the build quality was better. I wish it was not, um, was it $550? I got to look up the pricing now. Um, I wish it wasn't so expensive. Like it is super expensive. Uh, It does have wireless surrounds, which are nice. So you don't have to like trail a wire from behind you all the way, you know, to the front of your room. Um, So those just have to plug into power in each other. And they sound good for gaming. They sound good for movies, like really nice quality sound, really nice boomy bass. Um, For music, not so great. And that is where I think for a lot of people, you want like, 
if you're a music band, if you're an audiophile, you probably want bigger speakers. You probably want more depth and transparency in your music than these would give you. But I think for PC gamers, oh man, I was playing, I played a Halo Infinite match. It was all, it was all rocket launchers, basically, for everybody. It sounded like the freaking fireworks in my office. Just I was playing it loud at night. Uh, my office sounded insane. And it was really cool to have that experience back. So shout out to SteelSeries for making a pretty good set of speakers. That's the Arena 9. Also be looking at some news ahead of the Windows 11 2022 update, which is coming soon. So we've got some stuff around that. A bunch of companies have news coming up too. So just keep an eye on Engadget as usual. Sherlyn, anything else you're working on aside from all these reviews? Yeah, uh, hoping to finish the Watch uh, SE and Series 8 reviews soon. Um, We're doing these, what we published today wasn't a full review. It was kind of like a living with in the real world sort of article. Um, I have another laptop to review in the background before Google Madness starts, but also um, some stories that I've been working on for a while. Hopefully we can get them published. and I would just like to be able to uh, rest, unpack, sleep. unpack. No, un- no, like actually have a place to live in for a bit uh-huh. because I'm living in a garbage heap right well, now. That I hope it, I hope it was an upgrade for you, Sherlyn. Like it does seem like it will be. Right now, it's room. not. Right now, I, I have no place to rest. Um, so, so <laughs> okay, ever let's all nice, wish Sherlyn yeah. good luck on finishing her move. Like a move is a multiple. It is a heartbreaking process. So good luck. Uh, I don't envy you having to do that in the middle of all these reviews. Quickly, want to shout out some stuff around Engadget. Roberto Baldwin, Robbie Baldwin, our fave, uh, took a test drive of uh, Volkswagen's ID Buzz van, um, which the electric van, I am very excited to see how this thing goes. Um, he got to go to Europe to test it out, and he put up a video, so go check that out. I think it's it looks really fun. As a current minivan owner, I am... Uh, that's a long story. I will not be a minivan owner for very much longer. Um, I, I do like the space and the like family friendliness of having a big van. So this thing looks cool. In terms of other reviews, James True reviewed the GoPro Hero 11, which is the latest GoPro camera. He really digs it, but also like, you know, it doesn't seem like much has changed, like slightly better quality. It seems to be better in low light and uh, it's better sensors all around. If you, if you need a GoPro, I feel like you'd be taking a look at this one. Also, we want to shout out Andy Tarantola. Andrew Tarantola wrote about the Kosori O165 food dehydrator, which mama, mummifies meat and vegetables and other things. And he has been on a kick of like self-sufficiency, I know, recently. So Andy is like trying to dry up food from his garden and other things. It's a good way to preserve things. And I think the Kosori looks really cool. Not something I'm interested in, but hey, if you care about food dehydration, check out that piece. Let's move on to our pop culture picks, Sherlyn. Surely, in all this time, you know, surely you've just watched something incredible to really take your mind off of all the work and everything you're dealing with, right? So in, so I've been only able to watch one thing in all my time between like going to Apple, watching, moving. I sit at my... The only time I have to watch anything is when I sit for like one time a day uh, <laughs> at dinner and I have my laptop in front of me. So like the easiest thing to watch is something on Netflix, whatever's on Netflix, right? So I saw this big thing on my screen. Uh, Netflix recommended to me. They were like, Morbius. Wait, what? To be clear, to be clear, this is not a pick, okay? <laughs> I just I just have questions, Devendra. First uh-huh. of all, my first question is what? Why? Uh, uh, my second question is the fuck? The and my third question uh-huh. is, who, 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 yeah, like what, uh, yeah, huh, like okay. So oh, I've so you agree it's movie. not a good movie? Okay. 
I'm saying this is not a bad, I just have questions, right? Uh-huh, I'm like, uh-huh. well, okay, look. First yeah. of all, I'm already very like disoriented most of the time these last few weeks, right? Whatever. I sat down. Yeah. You're ready like, to learn my- about Dr. Michael Alexander Morbius, PhD. I'm like, MD, listen, is yeah, the living is vampire? This- you have questions yeah. about this? What? What? Yeah. Is this? Is this Jared Leto or <laughs> Leto? Leto? Like, yeah. is he? Is he also not already in a different? He's he's universe? also the Joker. He's sure. No, jo- no, nothing okay, cool. matters. Surely. Never mind. Nothing matters. That is right. Yeah. That is right. Never mind. There is Matt Smith, <laughs> yep, right? Yep. And I'm like, wasn't he in Sandman? Never mind. I mean, that, never mind. He's not. Also, he's Sandman not, is not connected think. to. It's not in the universe. I know. I'm just like ones, very yeah. confused. This is the state of my mind yeah, right yeah. now. And so, so I'm already like pre-confused entering yeah. this. I started. I'm like, I I don't know the character at all. So I go in there and I'm like, uh-huh. bats, bats, and chimeras, yeah. horror which, stuff. That's I, fun. I, I see what he's doing. Cool. And then the last like twenty minutes mm-hmm. of the film, and also I have to like remind you, I watch this in bits and pieces. <laughs> I keep going back because I, I I watch it through the first time. Like what happened? I finished eating. All I know is I finished eating, and I come back to it the next day over dinner. I'm like, I'm gonna make sense of this now. I watch it again, and I'm like, oh, whoops! I have to work now. I have to write a review. So by the time I'm on my like seventeenth watch at this point, and at the end, I'm like. Did they? Okay, so is it true? Is one of his powers like a bat Hadouken? Like, is I don't it? Know. Don't ask me these questions. I'm not a Morbius expert. All I know is <laughs> this was a bat. Why movie. is he? Yeah. And then how is it that he apparently jumps into an airstream and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It sort of flies? What is going on? I don't. Anyway, all yeah. you, all I gotta say about this movie is if y'all want to have a rocking good time being confused as hell. <laughs> And, and want to be disoriented like I uh-huh. am without edibles, watch Morbius. Morbius feels like a movie that was also clearly hacked up by the studio, too. So it probably made little sense to begin with. But by the time they were done with it, it's like, who knows anything that's going on? So I will I, I will give you guys this. I will give you guys a better recommendation. And something for you, Sherlyn, which I think you would like quite a bit, is the movie Barbarian by Zach Kreger. I will say very little about this movie, except uh, the pitch is... Um, a woman goes to an Airbnb in the middle of the night trying to check in, as we all do, like a, a lot of us have done. It's a very familiar experience. Turns out, you know, the key's not there. Turns out somebody else is in the house. And it seems like that Airbnb was double booked. Mysterious. The person in the house is Bill Skarsgård, a.k.a. the freaking clown from It. And when I see I his Bill face, I, I love him a lot. Um... But when you see that face, you're also like, I can't trust this man. He's the clown from It. Why would I go into this Airbnb with him? Well, he was he was nice in Hemlock Grove. Was he? I, did, I didn't watch that. But uh, that is the initial pitch. And the, the whole thing is like, yeah, something is not quite right in this Airbnb. And I think this movie is freaking fantastic. So if you want a break, Sherlin, if you want like a vacation and a movie that is both scary and funny and like will always keep you guessing i will say very little else about what goes on in this movie this movie is wild as hell so yeah for uh-huh. the record i would go into an airbnb with bill's car i mean sure sure, sure. just yeah know. if yeah. he invited you uh hey we're both saying uh i'll just take the couch i don't know uh this movie is fantastic it's also first time feature film from zach Kreger, who uh was one of the people from the comedy troupe the whitest kids you know like that is his most notable credit like he was a director and you know writer there it is i love when comedy people get into horror 
because I think that's when you get to there is a lot of like similar similarities between horror and comedy so we saw that from Jordan Peele we've seen that from a lot of other folks check it out hey speaking uh-huh. of Dev do you want to hear what movie I saw on the did plane? you see Nope on the plane no oh, that's... I saw Get Out though for the first time what I... okay <laughs> the show's over <laughs> I knew you would hate me well, that's it for the episode, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. This podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Devendra online at... At Devendra on Twitter and talking about movies and TV at the Filmcast podcast at thefilmcast.com. If you want to give me fun and PG-rated ideas for selfies i can take you can send them to me on twitter at sherlyn low email us your thoughts at podcast at engadget.com leave us a review please on itunes so people can discover us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform i'm a parent to four four iphones you know so